What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it is Cloud back with another podcast. We're in a book study going through the book of Hebrews, and this series of podcasts is a companion to the sermon series entitled Greater Than, in which we're going through the book of Hebrews and seeing that the big argument in Hebrews is the fact that Jesus is greater than, underscore, and so far in the book we've seen now Jesus is greater than the prophets, he's greater than the angels, he's greater than Moses, and we'll continue to see that he's greater than any Old Testament covenant or institution or building or any of the things that the original audience, which was converted Jews, so Hellenistic Jews that are now Christians, but they're tempted to go back to Judaism and that whole lifestyle. And so as he's writing to them, that we see that they're probably tempted to go back to these things, whereas here in 2021, we may have a hard time uh, kind of identifying with these particular things. But all in all, this still applies to Christians today. The word is timely and it's timeless. How many things in our life are we tempted to lose our focus and, and turn away from Jesus. What in our life has have we put that is greater than Jesus? And so the word cuts us, and we're going to see that today. Where in our life do we need to see that Christ is greater than? And so that's that's one of the big things of the book. It's this huge argument, uh, you know, theological argument. It's kind of a sermon slash letter, but there's also throughout the book, there's scattered these imperatives, and that's basically these famous warning passages in the book of Hebrews where uh, the readers, us, anybody who's reading this, you know, we have this great salvation. Christ is greater than, therefore, hold on to Christ. Uh, you know, be encouraged in that and persevere. There's this big thing called perseverance, encouragement. All that is without or throughout the book of Hebrews. And so, we're picking up today. We're we're in chapter four, picking up in verse eleven, and really verse eleven. I'm only going to read through verse sixteen, but verse eleven, it's it's kind of the pickup. It's like the so what of the preceding section. And so hopefully you've listened to the podcast up to this point. And so we're verse 11. So it's like, so what? Well, so far, the author has talked about how Jesus is greater than Moses. The Jews really like them some Moses. I mean, little, little bit much. And so they're, they're missing out on Jesus because of it. And so basically the author of Hebrews is basically, he's like, Hey, look, if y'all like Moses so much, look what happened to Israel when they failed to believe Moses in his era of mediation. So there's skeletons in the Middle East right now because there's a group people of, of Israel that failed to believe and they were rebellious in the desert and they, they look what look what happened. So therefore, how much more so will there be consequences for failing to believe in Jesus who is greater than Moses? And so the big idea is, hey, let's not be like the Israelites in the wilderness. Let's strive and go forward to enter into God's rest, resting in his righteousness and not our own to continue to persevere, and to hold on to our salvation. So that's the big idea. We're picking up in verse 11. So what? All right, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, and this is the ESV Bible. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. Okay, so 
I tried to read that slower, but it's like he's talking about Israel and Moses and Jesus is greater than, and all of a sudden he's like, therefore, don't do the same sort of disobedience. And then he starts talking about the Word of God. And I think, really, it's applicable to our day and age as well. How many, how many of y'all have heard, maybe you've even said at some point in your life, it's, it's a popular catchphrase, and I get the sentiment behind it, but sometimes people say things like, man, I don't want all that extra Bible and theology stuff. I, I just want Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need none of them, that theology. I just, I just want Jesus, you know, and there's that kind of like, yeah, what kind of, <laughs> I, I've heard that and, I, you know, said some things like that sometimes. Um, and so that, that's kind of, I think, the thing that really connects with the argument that the author of Hebrews has made up to this point. He starts talking about the Word of God, and so I think that requires some definition. Word of God, the author is talking about not just Scripture itself, but he's also talking about you know divine revelation, the way that God reveals Himself to us. You know, with that scene in Scripture, we see that in creation, but it's also written. That's the huge part, and it's also incarnate. So Jesus is God's Word. The the way He reveals Himself to mankind is through the person of Jesus, and so the sentiment where we're like, hey, I don't need that theology. I just want Jesus. I don't want none of that extra Bible stuff. That's just too complicated. I want some Jesus. We can't do that because Christ cannot be divorced from Scripture. He is part of God's revelation, God's Word to us. And so uh, that's kind of what I'm pushing into when, when, I, when I see this text and, and really how it applies to the greater argument that the author has made up to this point. So it's like, they want to just focus on Moses, but it's like, look, no, Jesus is connected to that as well. He's connected to all his word, New Testament and Old Testament. And so I've, wrote, I've written down three points uh, along those lines that we see here in verses 11 through, through 13. Um, number one, the Bible is not a dead book. The, the Bible is not dead. So verse 12, for the word of God is living and active. So if we're seeing that Scripture cannot be divorced from the person of the Godhead, cannot be divorced from Christ, then therefore God is lit, living. He's always living, always will. It, it can't be a dead book. As God lives, Scripture lives. And, and furthermore in that, it's active. And so it's not like this, ah, that's just so old and, you know, get with the times kind of a thing. No, the Bible is timeless and timely. When God speaks, God acts. So if it's He's alive, then Scripture's alive, and then when God speaks, God acts. Think of that, like the very first part of the Bible, Genesis, God speaks, and the world is created. So when God says something, it happens. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 55, verse 11, uh, So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. So ultimately, the word will be accomplished. What God says is living and active. Number one, the Bible is not dead. Number two, it's not we who read scripture. It is scripture who reads us. It's not we who read scripture, but scripture who reads us. That's kind of worded in a funny way. Um, have you ever, you know, you had that one friend, right? Or that guy and you, or, or lady, whatever, and, you, and you, you, you know them and they come up to you and they're, they're like really forward and they're like, hey, how's it going? What are your deepest fears and your longings? And could you tell me a little about your, your father wound? And, and you're like, whoa, back off, man, back off. But that's kind of what's happening. Uh, we see that here in the second part of uh, verse 12. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, 
of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so we see this invasive quality of the word. It will discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. If, you, if you're reading scripture and you're like, man, I don't know why I keep reading scripture. It makes me feel so bad. Well, well, it's working. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm being funny there, but you know, it is working. It's going to point out where sin is in our life. And this is emergency surgery type stuff. It's necessary. Uh, and really, if, if it's like our life without God is an emergency, you know, without that we'd die, then scripture itself is kind of like the scalpel that this loving doctor is using to perform this spiritual surgery. And so the word of God cuts through our sin, the darkness of our, our heart that we wouldn't understand or know provided God's revelation to, to intercede for us. And so, you know, the, the scripture is reading us. That's number two. Number three, if Scripture's reading us, then it forces us to reckon with God. We see this in verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. And that sounds bad, but it's actually kind of a good thing. Just like this surgery and this, this cutting, it's a gracious cutting. We need to see ourselves as we see God, and then we need to go to him. That's the problem. Well, how do we do that? Well, we see that in verse 14. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, there's the bad news and the good news. It's like, look, the Word's going to cut you open. And then you're going to be naked before God. And that sounds really unpleasant. And it's like this bad news. And then all of a sudden, the good news in verse 14, we have a high priest. Jesus is greater than. He's better than Moses. Look, he's the, the man who he's been tempted in every way we are. He understands what you're going through, yet without sin. And he's fully God. He can speak for us on behalf of the Father. He's not a human priest. He's the God-man priest. This is a big deal. This is good. This is a compelling argument that I'm hearing from the author of Hebrews of why Jesus is greater than. I hope that's a good reminder for you and that you continue to read scripture for yourself and that you let it cut you and uh, that it points you to the great high priest that we have in Jesus. We will see you guys tomorrow and y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.